This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. Then the civil courts and the criminal courts that we often talk about here on the show. Hey, everybody. Kate Delaney, we're going to start actually in the court for one big murder trial in the South, outside of Charleston, South Carolina. Alex Murtaugh, the huge, huge South Carolina attorney who is, of course, disgraced And it's underway, just got underway in Walterboro, which is a small town east of Charleston. It goes all the way back to June of 2021 when his wife and son were found shot to death at the family's property, uh, which was known as Moselle, because it was that big, a huge, huge property. He's pled not guilty to two counts of murder, two counts of possession of a weapon during the commission of a violent crime related to his wife and son's death. His son, not to be too gruesome, was said to have been shot so badly that his head was separated from his body. So separate from the murder charges, by the way, he is also facing 99 charges stemming for alleged financial crimes. He is from a prominent legal family in South Carolina. They call that the low country area. Three generations of his family over 87 years have served as solicitor for the 14th Circuit. It's like a movie when you it's like like a lifetime movie when you hear about a storied family and then the shock and awe over what happened and how will this play out in a courthouse. And um, and of course, that area and that family, they oversaw prosecutions throughout the area. So. You know, his late grandfather had a giant portrait on the wall of one of the uh, courtrooms. In fact, they had to remove it before the trial. So how about that? He's pled not guilty to the charges, by the way. His wife, Maggie, was 52 when she was found fatally shot outside of a couple's younger son's with the couple's younger son at the family estate, like I mentioned, back in 2021. There is another son who um, is was, was not killed, was not found at all injured, and uh, his name is Buster Murtaugh, and, and he is the survivor. He was in court for opening statements that just happened on Wednesday, the first time he's appeared at any legal proceeding for his father. He's lit, listed as a witness at trial, and his father's scheme was um, apparently for Eddie Smith, who's a former client of the father's, to uh, kill uh, Murtaugh and was supposedly they're saying was attempt was attempting to do something to protect his uh his child his family so there's there's the story that's weaved into this crazy web of what happened this former client uh did he conspire uh to kill uh, Murtaugh is that what this is that what really happened here as part of an insurance fraud scheme and the surviving son could collect a, in the end, a $10 million life insurance payout. That's supposedly why all this was happening. That, okay, so sacrifice the theory is sacrifice the family so he gets the $10 million life insurance. If you're following along and I'm not confusing you, so the one son stays alive, he gets the insurance, and the the others um, die. But... The prosecution laying out its case has it's been it's been an interesting road for them. And then the defense also the same thing. And with 
the client with the main character in all of this from the prominent family, like I mentioned, Alex Murtaugh, insisting that he is innocent. Again, this is like a very sad, sad Lifetime movie. McDonald's, In-N-Out, and Chipotle are spending a lot of money to block raises for their workers. How does that play out in the court of public opinion? It depends on how you weigh in on um, minimum wage. So California voters are going to decide next year on a referendum that could overturn a landmark new state law setting worker conditions and minimum wages up to $22 an hour for fast food employees in the nation's largest state. You can throw in some others into the mix for this, too. You also have Starbucks and Chick-fil-A and uh, the KFC owner, Yum, those brands all donating $1 million to save local restaurants. What is that? It's a coalition opposing the law. Other top fast food companies, business groups, franchise owners, and small restaurants have criticized the legislation and spent millions of dollars opposing it, too. The measure, just for grin so you know, it's called the FAST Act, was signed by the California governor and was set to go into effect actually on January 1st. On Tuesday, the California Secretary of State announced that a petition to stop the law's implementation had enough signatures to qualify for a vote on the 2024 general election ballot. So it is being closely watched. And why is that? Because certainly in California, it would transform the fast food industry. And what would it mean for other parts of, you know, the country? Would it increase that minimum wage standard? And would that spread into, would it spread into to other um other states right so labor law in the united states if you're curious is structured around unions which we know that organize in some places uh, organize and bargain at an individual store or plant that makes it impossible to organize workers at fast food and retail change with uh, with thousands of stores they they couldn't do it so that would set a standard across an entire industry right but uh, opponents have turned to the similar strategy that i mentioned at the beginning of this used by uber and lyft and other what we call gig companies because they were seeking to overturn a 2020 california law that would have required them to reclassify drivers as employees not independent contractors which would provide them with benefits like minimum wage overtime and paid sick leave so they spent 200 million 200 million the lyft and uber doordash was in that and some others to successfully persuade california voters to pass prop 22 that was a ballot measure that exempted the companies from reclassifying their workers as employees now some of the people that drive ubers and lyfts etc they didn't for other reasons they didn't necessarily want it to want to become employees either but there were many that that wanted to become employees and and i think this is definitely something to watch because what happens in california could end up becoming a law in other states as well it may be up to the voters to ultimately decide that very very thing hey it is about the numbers after all we can count coming up It's obvious the unthinkable continues. Most Americans know something very wrong is happening. People in charge keep telling you that everything's fine and to stop noticing. But you know better. That's why self-reliant folks are investing in emergency food storage. You should, too. My Patriot Supply. 
the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, are the ones you can trust. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $200 on each three-month food kit you purchase. My Patriot Supply also sells solar generators, gravity-powered water filters, off-grid room heaters for when the power goes out, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your item shipped that same day and arrive quickly on your doorstep in unmarked boxes. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com today. Time is running out to prepare for what's coming. MyPatriotSupply.com Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. My name is Milan Vukovic. Ten years ago, I got frustrated with the quality of Pau Diarco tea sold in the stores. So, I founded the Pau Diarco Tea Club that now ships our super tea to over 100 countries. You, too, can order or get info about the original pure Pau Diarco super tea at www.drinksupertea.com or by calling 818-965-9113. Why settle for less when you can order original Pure Pau Diarco and drink Super Tea for only $34.95 per pound plus shipping? Each pound makes 300 cups, which is the equivalent of 12 cents per cup for the original Pure Pau Diarco Super Tea. Order now at www.drinksupertea.com. That's drinksupertea.com or by calling 818-965-9113, that's drinksupertea.com, or by calling 818-965-9113. And there are a lot of numbers to talk about this time around. How about Obamacare? Lots of conversations always about health care. Obamacare signups soared to a record 16.3 million for 2023. So that means people going to the Affordable Care Act, just going to the health care exchanges, that's what it is. And open enrollment and most state marketplaces ran from November 1st to January 15th. So those who lose health insurance coverage, uh, especially in this gig economy, have a qualifying life change or have low incomes, can obtain these policies throughout the year through special enrollment periods. But healthcare.gov, they're saying it's a skyrocket at 50%. And part of that is because of those, again, those subsidies. And um, it's about how can you get health care coverage and uh, can you, you know, the savings in that sense would be uh, real. They would be tangible. And uh, Human Services Secretary Becerra, who was a guest on this show many years ago, when uh, when he served on on the hill talks about the benefits actually being real and so the interest certainly was there what's 
interesting is it was strong in several of the 11 states that have yet to expand Medicare to lower income residents, including Florida and Texas. They saw 3.2 million people and 2.4 million people sign up. So uh, signups again were bris for, um, for that coverage. And like I said, it's subsidies. So depending on what the person makes, how much, uh, they would actually, you know, save there, and 16.3 is much more, I think, than than was actually expected. Nearly 27 percent of Louisiana state inmates are held beyond their release. That's some new facts put out by the Department of Justice. So, what is that all about? According to the Justice Department, between January and February or January and April, rather, of 2022 alone, 27% of those released from custody, so that's about 4,100 people, were held past the release dates. So some were being held, 24%, for 90 days extra. So, So the Assistant Attorney General, Kristen Clark, who heads... This area of the DOJ said our investigation uncovered evidence of systemic violations by the Louisiana Department of Public Safety and Corrections that have resulted in the routine confinement of people far beyond the date when they are legally entitled to be released. And the violations are in large part caused by deficiencies in policies and procedures related to the receipt of sentencing documents, the um, computation of an incarcerated individual's release dates, and employee training. The the Justice Department said it could sue the state if it doesn't correct the issues in a matter of weeks, but they prefer it be resolved through a more cooperative approach. Wow, can you imagine being somebody who was supposed to be released and you were held for 90 extra days because the paperwork was basically screwed up and that was holding up your release and that, oops, we didn't have enough employee training. Oh, I bet there's some people that are furious when they've uh, heard this. So there are people that have realized that this was happening and they're saying, that they've been shouting and screaming and crying from every rooftop to get someone to pay attention to it and hold people responsible. Well, now they're going to have to be held responsible or else they're going to end up in court. So I think the idea of let's take care of this in weeks is something that is going to happen in weeks rather than end up somewhere in, in court. So I guess the upside of that is anybody who's supposed to be released, it doesn't help anyone in the past or anyone stuck in the middle of this, but it should help some of the people who are approaching that, that mark. Uh, anyway, how about this French city asking <laughs> you go like this, a French city asked Madonna, Yes, the singer who's going on tour to lend it a painting lost in 1918. So the mayor of Amens, North France, wants this 19th century painting lost during World War I. They believe it might have been bought by the singer to help its chances of becoming the European capital of culture. It's called Diana and Endymion, and it depends picks Roman goddess Diana looking at uh, Endymion and it was on display in this museum but was lost after Germany bombed the city in 1918. So here's the money part of this. A French newspaper reported that the painting or a nearly identical one went on sale at an auction in New York in 1989. Madonna paid $1.3 million for it. There is no word as to whether Madonna is going to lend the painting to the group um, or not. And what's key here is this is a city where the French president, Emmanuel Macron, was born. And it is a candidate to be the European capital of culture in 2028, which apparently is a big deal to be named that. So anyway... 
She's just announced European dates, and she's busy with that for her celebration tour, where she is going to actually perform in Paris, which is less than two hours by train from this little town. So I don't know. I have a feeling that uh, she will lend the painting. I bet she's going to lend them the painting to garner them the possibility of <laughs> of becoming this culture capital anyway to, to, to get the stamp of approval. All right, this is just a sickening story. It's sickening. 150000 a day. Do you think corporate America is out of control? Let me explain this. And I did talk about this on the show. I want to say maybe last week. The head of Disney's, Disney's head of PR for just three months, from January to April last year, um, made $150,000 a day. So this was a story that was first reported by the Wall Street Journal. And um, the sum, bonuses, relocating the family from London to L.A., additional half a million for unique circumstances of having to relocate the family again when he decided he's leaving Disney, uh, buying out the rest of the contracts, going to get an additional $4 million in the current fiscal year that ends October 1st to pay out the rest of his contract, along with the target bonus he would have received for 2022. So in total, he's walking away. Ugh, he's he's walking away with 10.3 million for one quarter of a year's work. And he's already gotten another gig, by the way. President of the Global Strategy and Communications Unit of uh, uh, Taneo, a CEO advisory firm. If I'm pronouncing that company right. So, of course, he didn't respond to any requests for comments on his Disney pay package. And, of course, the Mouse House didn't comment beyond the details in the filing because it was so shocking. The Wall Street Journal just looked into the numbers a little bit more like, wait a second. How long did this guy work for them? How how did this happen? Uh, Jeff Morrill is his name. And... um, it's just a big shell game. It's ridiculous. He made out like a bandit is what he made out like. That is crazy. $150,000 a day. And then just for a handful of months. It's just that thing. Once you get there and once you get that stamp of approval, it just keeps on it just keeps on ticking. The meter keeps running and and so it's no surprise is is does the mouse house have that money to pay him? Obviously, they didn't blink. And that's why they're not making any comments. They probably hate that everybody knows how outrageous that is. But They'll move on, and there will be other stories, and everybody will forget about it. And that, my friends, is what they're counting on. Hang with us. A couple of great interviews coming up next. Are you a business owner? Are you confused by the complexity of the tax laws? We can help. I'm Dan Pilla, and I've been helping business owners solve tax problems for over 40 years. My book, The Small Business Tax Guide, shows proven ways to avoid all the common business tax problems. Don't risk your business. Go to danpilla.com to order your copy. That's danpilla.com. Order now and get a free 15-minute call directly with me, a $99 value. Go to danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com. Do you know someone with a drug or alcohol problem? Get help now. Insurance may cover everything. Stop the drug and alcohol nightmare. Call 800-284-0523. Learn how through the Family Medical Leave Act, you can leave your job without losing your job. Locations everywhere. Get immediate help for drug and alcohol problems. Call now. 800-284-0523. 800-284-0523. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today.
USA News Update. A Russian military transport plane that was carrying 74 people, including 65 Ukrainian prisoners of war, crashed today in a border region near Ukraine. There were no survivors. Marijuana sales in Michigan were high last year, over $3 billion, which is higher than the alcohol sales in the state. Western China reeling from aftershocks after a 7.1 magnitude earthquake yesterday in a remote part of the country. Three people were killed, five injured, hundreds of buildings damaged. Former President Donald Trump won New Hampshire's Republican presidential primary yesterday, defeating former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley and moving him closer to a rematch with President Biden this fall. I'm Corey Myers, USA News. Wellness and self-care doesn't have to be complicated. So keep it simple and take good care of yourself with Sunny Bay Heating Pads. Our heating pads soothe pains in the neck, back, and shoulders while relaxing muscles and increasing blood circulation. Sunny Bay Heating Pads have always been made in the USA and hand-filled to perfection with the highest quality materials. Sunny Bay Heating Pads are the perfect wellness gift for loved ones or yourself. See all of our high-quality products at sunny-bay.com, including heated body pads, neck pillows, heated neck and body wraps, and our stress-reducing lavender line. They're all affordable, durable, and in stock now and ready for immediate shipping direct from sunny-bay.com. Read our trusted, authentic, and real reviews at sunny-bay.com or just search for Sunny Bay Heating Pad. To your good health and wellness from Sunny Bay. Have you ever watched a video on the internet and found yourself waiting for the skip the ad button? The reason this takes a few seconds is because the video delivery companies get to collect impression commission, and the viewer never sees the advertisement. The company still pays full price to run the ad. Does this sound like a scam to you? Is there any wonder why internet ads are so ineffective? For over 100 years, radio has been a proven source for companies' messages. Radio listeners are engaged and want to support the companies that sponsor the shows they're so passionate about. Simple companies like window treatments, security, pillow companies, and more have been able to break away from the big box stores building multi-million dollar businesses. Find out what radio can do for your business. Call 877-996-4327 or advertise at GCNlive.com. That's advertise at GCNlive.com. talk to this guy all day long and wait till you hear his story he's got such a great story and he's made me rethink some of the things that i'm eating actually stan yaki is in our virtual green room and he's in our author's corner as well he's written a couple of books and the one we're going to talk about is some adventures outdoors and in the kitchen a lifetime of adventures and recipes stan thanks for coming on well thank you for having me i'm looking forward to it So we did have a great off-air conversation, and you did make me think about some of the things that I was eating and some of the things I was doing. But let's explain to people, first of all, why did you write this book? Well, Kate, I I wrote this book after uh, spending about 30 years in corporate land and uh, uh, left there and became an individual uh, consultant. Uh, uh, This was in the business aviation world, but... Uh, it also freed me up a little bit uh, to uh, start thinking about uh, what I'd done over my lifetime, um, fishing, hunting, outdoors activities, uh, which I was still doing, of course. Uh, uh, living in Savannah, we had lots of opportunities. Uh, and I decided, well, let's write down some stories and, and uh, you know, see if we can tell a, uh, paint a picture about my lifetime uh, uh, and all the enjoyment uh, uh, that I, I, you know, had over the years uh, with friends and family. Uh, and then uh, I was learning how to cook uh, very slowly and without, uh, you know, a whole lot of uh, training or, or whatnot, uh, watching the cooking channel and the food 
network uh, on occasion. Uh, and with my wife laughing in the background that I couldn't handle more than one uh, one dish at a time. Uh, but we worked through that. And so I said, uh, okay, I've got all these stories that I've written now. I call them adventures. Um, and gee whiz, what, what do you do with them? What does the world need when it comes to wild fish and game? And it occurred to me from having visited uh, uh, both online and uh, actual uh, bookstores, et cetera, there aren't a whole lot of menu-oriented uh, books uh, to help people uh, when they have the opportunity to cook wild fish in game. Uh, and so I took a menu approach. Um, uh, and so each of the adventures uh, in the book, and there are 25 uh, in some adventures outdoors, uh, has a menu that uh, will... Uh, help the, the the reader or the, the chef enjoy uh, taste, texture, temperature, and tint or color compatibility. Uh, now, oh. obviously, you can you can switch uh, you know various side dishes or salads uh, between uh, menus, but it it, it gives you uh, kind of a roadmap if somebody were to show up on your front door. Be it a relative, a husband, a wife, uh, or you know, just a friend, uh, and present you with a piece of venison or a or a striped bass that they happen to have uh, caught, you know, the, that afternoon. What do I do with this? And so that's the approach I took. I love it. You told me a great story. You have to share this with the listeners about mountain goats and uh, um, your daughter. Tell us. Tell tell the world that story. Okay, well, back in 1987, I had uh, the opportunity, uh, based on a lottery draw uh, for a mountain goat tag in the North Cascades of Washington, uh, to hunt mountain goat. Uh, A very good friend of mine and his older brother uh, accompanied me on two different uh, outings up to 6,000 feet uh, in the Cascades, and we brought home a goat. Uh, when I arrived home, and keeping in mind this is 1987, we didn't have uh, uh, cell phones. Uh, and so as I dropped off uh, uh, my hunting companion, uh, I called my wife uh, at her parents' house and told her that I was on my way home and that I had uh, been successful at harvesting a goat. And so uh, she told my children, my uh, five-year-old son and three-year-old daughter at the time, uh, Daddy's bringing home a goat. And so uh, I arrived, and and I was in the kitchen uh, preparing to, uh, you know, portion out the meat, and uh, my daughter and children walked in, and my little daughter says, uh, Daddy, Daddy, where's the goat? I want to see the goat. And so uh, I took them all out onto the back porch, uh, and um, I had laid the the hide, the complete hide, on the deck. (laughs) And that was not exactly what what everybody had in mind. I bet (laughs) that surprised her. I love that story. And you told me she constantly brings that up to you now as an adult. Oh, yes. Oh, I uh, love it. I love she it. She and some of our neighbor kids uh, to this day, uh, you know, will we'll talk about it. Well, gee whiz, I rounded the corner of the house, and, and there was a, a deer um, being processed, uh, you know, hanging from a tree limb. <laughs> so, wow. So I've had my, I've had my uh, uh, not very family-friendly moments uh, uh, har- uh, processing my harvest. Yeah, I love it. You said, like I said, um, you you know, you and I talked about what do you want people to know? What do you want people to take away from reading this book? Well, uh, I think the main things, Kate, are that, uh, uh, A, uh, adventures in the outdoors uh, are very, very important, I believe, to, to everybody, uh, whether you're hunting, whether you're fishing. Uh, doesn't matter in the sense that uh, getting out there and enjoying 
uh, nature, enjoying uh, uh, what there is in terms of, of beauty, uh, diversity of uh, plants and, and uh, wildlife. I could sit, uh, and I have done this, I can sit on a stump and, and, and watch a, a herd of elk uh, or uh, a bunch of squirrels or whatever for, you know, for literally an hour, uh, just watching them be who they are. Uh, and and so uh, my message or my my intent with this book uh, is you know, look at look at the photos in the book. Uh, there are plenty, uh, and and see uh, the kinds of things that I've been fortunate to uh, uh, experience over the years, and know that that is out there for you as well. You know, depending on what you do with it or what, whether you do it, and then. If you do hunt or fish and harvest something, uh, here's a, a, a you know a collection of menus that you can apply to what you have in hand. Yeah, exactly. And then you know how to match them up. And is that a great satisfaction to you to learn how to cook? Because I mean, you've got you've become pretty good, I would assume, Stan, in reading your book. Well, I'm I'm decent, so put it that way. Um, uh, people have said, "Oh, you should open a restaurant, or you should compete on Chopped, or something like that." <laughs> and the answer is, "Oh no, that would be a very bad idea." <laughs> <laughs> so you, I do okay in my own kitchen. I and I thoroughly enjoy cooking. Uh, now that my wife is gone, uh, you know it's. Uh, uh, sometimes challenging to uh, uh, make something fun and interesting just for myself, uh, or, or you know, frequently I'll call a neighbor and say, you know, if you haven't already fixed dinner, come on down because I I dearly love to to cook and to share. Yeah, I, I can imagine getting that phone call. Your neighbors rush to your house. I'm certain of it. <laughs> so so we have a couple of minutes left. Give me one of your great adventures. What was your favorite adventure? I know that's hard because you've been everywhere. Favorite, favorite adventure. Oh, golly. That is very hard. Uh, well, I, I will say it's, it's kind of a, a, a predecessor to an adventure in the book called Family, a Family Tradition. Uh, when I was two weeks shy of my eighth birthday in Washington State, uh, my grandfather was visiting from Iowa, I uh, didn't know much about ocean fishing, uh, and so my family uh, took him up to Nia Bay, Washington, which is on the Macaw Indian Reservation on the northwest tip of the Olympic Peninsula, uh, and we went uh, king salmon fishing. Long and short of it is, I caught a 29-pound, 15-ounce king salmon. Oof. Which for which for a almost eight year old kid was was pretty special and pretty unusual. Uh, fast forward, my son was two weeks shy of his ninth birthday, and my dad and I decided, well, it's time to take him uh, salmon fishing as well. We had been salmon fishing out on the uh, Puget Sound, uh, but this was. This was the the big time going out to the ocean uh, at Nia Bay. And within 100 yards of where I had hooked uh, my fish many, many years previous, uh, my son hooked a a nice king salmon, and we battled it for a while and brought it to the boat. And 29 pounds, 15 ounces. It was absolutely identical in size and weight. Wow! And so that was that was pretty wild. <laughs> yeah, that's a great adventure. So you can tell there's lots of stories, lots of good stuff for you. Pick this up: some adventures outdoors and in the kitchen, a lifetime of adventures and recipes. I'm also going to throw this in. He's another book: some southern adventures outdoors and in the kitchen, a collection of southern adventures and recipes. Both are great. Stan, thank you so much for joining us. Kate, thanks for having me, and I hope everybody gets out there and has some adventures and eat what you harvest. Oh, I love that. Thanks, Dan. Thank you. Ever feel
feel completely down on your luck, whether it's your career or just your life? Do you look at other people and wonder, why them, not me? I'm Kate Delaney. I did it. I admit it. I've learned some valuable and priceless lessons from some of the rock stars I've interviewed over the years, like Sir Richard Branson or the late, great John Madden, and I want to share them. Want to laugh? Want to learn? Want more out of life? Then pick up a copy of my book, Deal Your Own Destiny, Increase Your Odds, Win Big, and Become Extraordinary. Get it on Amazon today. The Tahibo Tea Club's original pure Pouty Arco Super Tea naturally builds good cells and kills bad cells. So it's great for healthy people, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting an infection, diabetes, or cancer. To order, visit drinksupertea.com or call 818-965-9113. That's drinksupertea.com, 818-965-9113, drinksupertea.com. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. Are you curious about what might be missing from your diet and supplement choices? Take a free health assessment to identify your possible nutrient deficiencies. As a certified holistic health coach, I will help you assess and prioritize a supplement program based on Dr. Wallach's recommendations. Call Linda at 833-VITAL-90. That number to call is 833-848-2590. That's 833-VITAL-90. So, you know when you say you're going to do something like I don't know, climb Mount Kilimanjaro and people look at you like, yeah, right, you're going to do that? I'm going to introduce you to someone that is so cool who actually follows through and does those things. If she says it, I think she absolutely is going to do it. So Anne Bonnie is a change expert and a keynote speaker. And more importantly, I think she does move mountains. And one of the things that she says is change is the only constant. And what is it about us where we don't get off our butts and we don't like to feel uncomfortable where we know we could train? Maybe we can't climb Kilimanjaro like she did, but we could do other steps and do other things. And she tells you how to do that. And, and she's done it herself. And so we're, we're going to talk about her trip to Kilimanjaro because I think it's awesome that she did that. And she's certainly done many other things as well. Just a quick little note on her background. How many times have you moved? She's moved at least 27 times when she was a kid, 13 different schools, right? There's no being shy if you go to 13 different schools. So, Anne, thanks so much for hanging with us. Oh, I'm a little uncomfortable and shy about this, Kate, but it's great to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I bet you're shy. So, so first of all, tell us about Kilimanjaro. How'd that come about? Uh, I, I'm turning 50 next summer and a friend of mine and I were talking about doing safari. And I was like, how about we go to Kenya and do a safari? And then another friend said, while you're down there, why don't you climb Kilimanjaro? And I passed it by my friend and she said, yeah, that's always been a bucket list item of mine. And then, 
So I, I was always looking for things that make you uncomfortable. And uh, so I said, yeah, let's do it. Wow. So, so you make, you make the commitment, you're going to do it. And then how do you get ready for that? You walk a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the cool thing about Kilimanjaro, unlike Everest, Everest requires technical climbing skills and there's a lot of danger and crevasses and all that stuff. Kilimanjaro is just a really hard hike. So any pedestrian who doesn't have the climbing skills can still very, very realistically do Kilimanjaro. So that was one of the motivating factors. Um, we read a lot. Um, we talked to a lot of people who'd been up there. So we kind of got some of the tips that they wish they'd known. And then we walked a lot. What was the, what was the, uh, what was the most challenging aspect of this? For me, you know, we each, it was interesting because there were three of us that went on this trip and we each had a sort of a different challenge. Mine was going down, interestingly, not that walking downhill was so hard, but for some reason I had set the peak in my head and I don't know whether I thought there was some magical fairy that was going to fly me down (laughs) to the bottom or what, but we got to the top and, and our guides were like, okay, it's time to go down. And I thought, oh crap. Now I have another 10 mile hike to get to where we sleep tonight. And that ended up being the most mentally challenging for me because I essentially set my goal for the top and that life kind of ended there, but it didn't. (laughs) (laughs) What was it like when you got to the top? What was that feeling like? Oh, it was, first of all, it was surreal because you're a little bit oxygen deprived. You're exhausted because you started that day at 11 o'clock the night before. Um, but you, you look at that sign that you've been waiting for eight months to look at and you're like, holy crap, I'm here. Like I did it. It's, you know, and we were all of course crying and our guides were worried about us. Like, why are you crying? We're like, we're so happy that we're here. (laughs) Um, And then you try to remember all the pictures you were planning to take with all, you know, with your alma mater sign and your, this is 50 sign and all this. And you're trying to remember all the things you were going to do when you got there. And then the guides are trying to get you down quickly because again, you're at 19,341 feet and there's not a whole lot of air up there. Um, so it was, it was surreal. It was fast. It was amazing. Um, and I got the, the main picture that I wanted. <laughs> and, and to do this whole thing, like you, you talk about, it's like a hard hike. How long did it take? So we did the, what's called the Coca-Cola route or the, um, Now I can't think of the name, but anyway, we did the five day route. So it was three and a half days to the top. So we hiked every day for three days and then did the summit day and then a day and a half to get down. But on summit day, we started at 11 o'clock at night and didn't reach the actual summit probably four miles away until eight or nine o'clock in the morning. If it tells you how slow we were actually going and how steep it was. Yeah. Wow. And what's it like as you're moving along on that journey? I mean, what kind of what are you seeing as you get higher and higher? It's 11 o'clock at night. You're not seeing a darn thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, no. From the from the gate where we started, it was cool because you go through lots of different ecological zones. You know, you start in the rainforest where you're seeing monkeys and lots of trees and thick jungly. And then you move into the moorland where it's more scrubby. Then you move into, I think the Arctic desert is above that. So there's like very little plants. And then you get to the point where you're above the clouds, above 15,000 feet, and there's just rocks, nothing. It's like the moon. Um, and so it was neat to go through all those phases and kind of be able to mark your progress along the way. But on summit day between 11 p.m. and sunrise, really all you could see was the lines of headlights of the other hikers in front of you. And I finally got to the point where I was like, and don't look at them because they were really far away and really steep. And to think about getting to where they were was kind of overwhelming. So I saw a lot of my feet and the dirt under my ground, under my feet. Wow, the headlights. I mean, it's kind of, there's an an analogy, I think, buried in that somewhere, because you talk about that, about discomfort. So to 
to and you you said to me off the air that you hunt discomfort <laughs> so that you you have a thing that i think you must do a mechanism where hey that's what you do you you knew that i don't want to look there because oh my gosh that's going to freak me out right and so i think for people listening there's a good lesson in that well and and that's and that's a hundred percent the case you know one of the other people that i was hiking with um at about two in the morning she had her hard time and because she was looking at those headlights and and she was saying i can't go there like that i can't do that my body can't do that and uh, i asked her i said can you take 10 more steps look down can you take 10 more steps and she ended up just taking 10 steps and then taking 10 more steps and taking 10 more steps and that's such a good thing to think about when you're in the middle of something really uncomfortable when you're in the middle of a huge goal that feels unsurmountable don't look at the finish line don't look at where you're going because it's it'll get in your head just look down and take the next 10 steps or take the next one step um, I used that when I was in the middle of the pandemic. I was like, I'm thinking too big, shrink the bubble, just get through the next day. And that's a great way to move through discomfort um, a little bit easier. Ooh, I like that. Shrink the bubble. We're speaking with Ann Bonnie. She's a chain ex- a change expert and a keynote speaker. And she climbed Kilimanjaro. Oh my gosh. So you get to the bottom, you're done, you're through, so to speak. What's that celebration like? beer (laughs) um yeah no i mean because we didn't shower for five days we we were eating dehydrated hiking meals all the way up and snack bars and everything so we had a feast of delicious fresh food and the beers and we laughed and we looked at our pictures and we talked about the lessons and uh and it, it was then that it really hit like whoa we just did that like we have now been to the top of Kilimanjaro. It was hard and we did it. And that will never go away. And that is worth all the hours of training and all the worry and the money and the, you know, discomfort all at the time uh, to be able to say, holy crap, I did that. So what will you and these friends do for an encore? <laughs> asking somebody who just had a baby when they're going to have the next baby. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What's my next? uh, I bought a unicycle the other day. I think that's my encore is at 49 years old, learning how to ride a unicycle. (laughs) Um, I think that's my next. But, you know, my next um, discomfort hunting encore, I think, is a 10 day silent meditation retreat. Ooh. Right. Shifting the gears and looking at, okay, what have I not done? I've done a lot of physical challenges. Now I'm like, can I shut up and sit down for 10 days? I don't know. That is tough, especially for a speaker. (laughs) (laughs) I intentionally created a job where I get to paid to speak. And now I'm going to go not talk for 10 days. (laughs) You can see how that'll be. I love that challenge. Hunting discomfort. It's awesome. You're awesome. So if people want to know more about you, Ann Bonnie, where can they go? Yourchangespeaker.com or annbonnie.com if you want to just make it easy. There you go. And thanks so much for coming on. Thanks so much for having me, Kate. Great to chat. Hi, this is Kate Delaney. I am truly amazed by this audience. Many of you have been reaching out to me to ask more on what I call the No Drone Zone. How do you find out about the show or listen to podcasts or guests or even my books? So here we go. Go to katedelaneyradio.com for more on what's shaking in my orbit. To reach me, simply hit the contact tab and send an email. Behind the scenes photos, great video, travels, the dog. Yeah, that's Guinness. He is the mascot. Go to Kate Delaney fan page on Facebook. Kate Delaney fan page on Facebook. Or hit me up on Twitter at Kate S. Delaney. At 
at Kate S. Delaney. For any of my books, including Deal Your Own Destiny, Amazon simply is the easiest. Thanks for listening as we talk about what's happening in my backyard and yours and how it affects us. We throw in laughs, cheap movie reviews, the man cave, and authors with some interesting stories to tell. If you've already forgotten everything I've just said, just go to katedelaneyradio.com.